When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. We are joined, as always, by our super producer, Noel Platinum Brown. Yeah, and we're in one of our satellite studios, right? Yes. I call it a satellite studio, but it's really like uh, 20 feet away. Right, but it's down the hall. It's, it's not a, a main studio. <laughs> it's not like in another building somewhere, another compound. Or space. Uh, yeah, it's nothing like that. But uh, we are in a separate, uh, a, a, I guess a second location, maybe. Mm-hmm. A secret location. Mm-hmm. We'll call it a secret bunker, maybe. Sure, an undisclosed location. Yeah, let's, let's leave it at that. But uh, we're going to talk about... High-end pickup trucks today, or luxury pickup trucks, depends mm-hmm. on where you go to find that information, what they call them, and a lot of places will shy away from calling them luxury pickup trucks. But yeah, this is a uh, this is a listener suggestion that mm-hmm. came from Rudy Smith, and we read this. Uh, it, it was a while back now, I guess. Yeah, and, uh, one of our nuts and bolts or listener mail episodes. Yeah, exactly, and it was the one where we were catching up from the previous year. So the mm-hmm. the suggestion actually comes from. 2015, early in 2015. Mm-hmm. And so a little bit of this has changed. Um, I'm sure Rudy will understand what we're talking about as we go through here. His, his um, examples are about a year old now, so we, we updated a few of these. But uh-huh. here's the note. I'll read it to you so that you, uh, you understand where we're starting from here. So back in May of uh, 2015, Rudy wrote in and said, uh, Scott and Ben, I had a surreal experience on my recent road trip, and it might interest you. It started with a conversation with my brother-in-law as we were headed to Florida on a fishing trip. We just finished listening to the recent car stuff. Uh, how? Oh, how is a true luxury car defined? Oh, that's good. He's listening mm-hmm. on the road. He yeah. does that often. Mm-hmm. He always takes us along with him. Um, and he says that when uh, it was all wrapped up, his brother-in-law told him of a neighbor of his who took a post-retirement job of delivering cars for a Ford dealer um, in Missouri. We'll just leave it in Missouri. One of the cars the man delivered was a pickup truck with a sticker price of ninety-six thousand dollars now wow uh, listen I'll, I'll tell you he says it's not a typo but it was it was ninety six thousand dollars <laughs> and i thought well it's, it's a little strange but and later he says you know, we were unable to find any 90 in the 96k range but he says I, I found it really hard to believe initially but i looked it up on his phone fo- on on his phone and he found that some of the uh the ford f-series pickups do indeed have really super high sticker prices and they're the platinum series trucks yeah. He says that it was easy to find pickup trucks that started around $77,000 for some Ford F450s. Uh, actually, they start around 70, and then with the upgrades, they get up around 77. And he said, we weren't able to find any around 96, but we have no reason to doubt the guy that reported the 96K, because, you know, options and add-ons and all that sure. stuff, there's a, there's a chance that whatever this guy wanted, uh, it did amount to that. Plus, you know, this delivery charge might have mm-hmm. been more, who knows. Um, but... He said, you know, these, these high-end pickups were something of interest to him. And then he says, here's the, uh, here's the improbable thing. We met a third member of our party in Florida, and he's a Georgia peanut and cotton farmer. And he had the, uh, the boat that they were going to use for that fishing trip. And he said he had a brand-new Ford F-250 Platinum Series pickup truck, and he got to ride sh- in the shotgun seat. He said it's really super nice. It had a comfortable interior, a backup camera for the boat that was outstanding. He says, you don't even need to turn your neck to launch a boat in this thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the camera mirrors were, were fine. You know, well, camera mirrors are fine, I guess, to, to launch the boat. Um, he said he drove it a short while, and it was a privilege to do so. It was very comfortable, yet very util- utilitarian. 
very quiet inside. It was had the comfort level of like a luxury car with the ride and handling that didn't seem truck-like at all. It was one of the most amazing experiences of my driving life, he says. Wow. So High praise. It really is, because uh, Rudy's been behind the wheel of a lot of different vehicles, mm-hmm. his own and rental cars and things like that mm-hmm. along the way. A lot of road trips, a lot of time you know, behind the wheel. So for him to, uh, to praise the vehicle like that, that's, uh, that's really something. He said, I was surprised to uh, realize that, or learn, I guess, that such things exist. And <laughs> here's the, the thing that really caught my attention with this, and I hadn't thought of it this way. It seems to me that pickup trucks flirting with Corvette Z06 prices might interest you and perhaps other listeners. And I, I completely agree. And I hadn't really thought of it in that term, that, terms, I guess, that, yeah, you can have a, a the top-of-the-line Corvette or near-the-top-of-the-line Corvette for the same price as a pickup truck that's, uh, we'll call it loaded, yeah. With, uh, with all the, you know, the buttons and, uh, I'm sorry, buzzer, buzzers and whistles. Bells and, and whistles. Bells and whistles, that's the term, yeah. <laughs> ah, it's lost a time, Ben, lost a time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fully loaded pickup trucks are very, very expensive now, but they're also packed with luxury items that formerly were coming only in luxury cars or real, real high-end sports cars. And now you're going to pay the same amount of, you know, same amount of money for that vehicle versus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an outright luxury car. It's an interesting, trend i guess because it's not what pickup trucks were 20 years ago it's not what pickup trucks were even i'm gonna say even 15 years ago i think this is a more recent trend that they're uh starting to steadily climb in price features options um Mm -hmm. you know uh and and um maybe even acceptability if if that's the the right way to say it that's a yeah that i think that's a pretty good way to say it because let's set this straight at the top of the show the pickup trucks of yesteryear are not going away. You know, the little, uh, little two, three seaters, right? Yeah. Uh, no extended cab, no crazy camera options or, uh, heated seats or anything like that. Just something that does the job. Yeah. Those are always going to be around because there's always going to be a demand for them. However, in previous decades, like 20 years ago, the kind of trucks that are coming out now would have been considered somewhat contradictory. You know, because they, they're sacrificing in some cases, uh, pickup bed space for more, uh, things that are usually associated with a higher end automotive. Well, in some cases, in other, in some, not at all. Yeah, because, uh, a lot of these trucks are, are, you know, very, of course, they're as capable as any other pickup truck. In fact, sometimes more because, because of the the, engine. Well, the engine and the transmit, transmission and, uh, you know, some of the other features that we'll talk about that add on to this price are what make them so desirable for ranchers or, um, you know, people that have to do towing like the uh, hotshot towers. Yeah. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of uses for these great big pickup trucks. Some people buy them strictly for, um, you know, just just as well, they like pickup trucks. They, they buy them for around town. They don't buy them to haul anything. Mm-hmm. They buy them as a, a status symbol almost. And, and that's what I meant before I said acceptability. I meant um, maybe in uh, what's the other term I'm looking for here that um, commonality, uh, maybe. I mean, that that. Um, no, when people realize, like, when you pull up in a in a high end pickup truck to uh, you know to the valet at the you know outside the club. Oh yeah. Um, you're you're not going to be looked down upon for driving a pickup truck. This is like the top end pickup truck. They they realize right. like this is a status symbol. This is something that uh, you know you chose this because you wanted this set of features, this type of ride, this comfort level. Uh, There's a little bit of cachet to it. Yeah, exactly right. And so you know. Just a couple of quick things that I want to mention here before we get started. We'll, we'll probably touch on a few of these as we go, but a few different, like one quote from the, uh, you know, there's a, a site called True Car, uh-huh. um, TrueCar.com, and the president of TrueCar.com wrote, and I thought this was pretty interesting. He said, "You can do so much with a fifty thousand dollar pickup." And now I almost choked on that part right away, right there, <laughs> a fifty thousand dollar pickup. But we'll talk about some that are way more than that today. Oh yes, we will. He said, "That's the American expression of premium right now. That's what that's what like a, a lot of." Americans who drive luxury vehicles are now switching over to luxury pickups or high-end pickups, and mm-hmm. that's the kind of the the newest American expression of luxury is these these great big pickup trucks. And it it makes sense too because if you look at the history of popular luxury brands in the U.S., uh, one thing that's always been a common belief is that European automakers run the game as far as the luxury vehicle market goes. But, uh, you know, that's not to say they're not American luxury vehicles, but it is to say that the market itself was largely seen as a European-dominated market. 
and now in many ways the the luxury pickup which we should still talk about that difference in terms the high end pickup trucks are being seen as American as cheeseburgers and apple pie. Yeah, can I tell you something about that number that you just mentioned? You yeah. said that uh what well, you said uh as far as top selling vehicles, uh you know the the pickup yeah. trucks are are on the increase. Now, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what set of stats you're looking at. I think you're probably looking at the same thing I am, right? With the true car yeah, yeah. information. And it's very recent. Uh but the luxury vehicles in the United States that sold for over $50,000 is well, I wouldn't say dominated, but it is uh, it's topped by pickup trucks, and that's kind of a surprise because, as you said, it used to be German sedans that were at the mm-hmm. top of the list and, mm-hmm. and dominated the list, really. I mean, of course, pickup trucks were in there because of the Ford F-Series. Yeah, the F-150 uh, in However, what, what's really important about this list is that this list that I'm, that I'm looking at is only vehicles that were over $50,000, mm-hmm. and that's the new part of this, is that, you know, base price is over 50000 So. This this kind of up and coming segment, I guess, and it's funny to call it that because it's been happening for you know a decade or more at this point. But um, on this list that we're looking at, eight of the top ten best selling vehicles in the fifty thousand dollar and up segment in the United States again are trucks or SUVs, and of those, six of those are Detroit brand models. So they come out of Detroit. They're they're U.S. built or they're they're uh, U.S. manufacturers mm-hmm. that create these. Now, I got to tell you, I, I'm. I'm questioning the uh, uh, maybe there's a typo here because uh, I see on this list of ten I see four pickup trucks and two SUVs yeah and the other SUVs would be uh, the German vehicles so um, I'm not sure of those numbers exactly but uh, mm. what's at the top of the list then as you would expect yeah it's the Ford F series yeah the Ford F series they sold they sold nearly two hundred thousand vehicles at the over fifty k price so almost two hundred almost yeah almost two hundred thousand F-Series pickup trucks over 50K were sold last year. Um, the next one would be the Ram pickup at 76,000. So that's a huge gap there, by the way. I think it's it's almost 100. It, let's just get the actual number. It's 189,776, so mm-hmm. just under 190,000 for the F-Series. The Ram pickups at, at number two is all the way down to 76,000. So that gives you an idea of just how big the F-Series pickups are for Ford. And I got an even bigger number later, which includes... The lower end models as well, so so you know not a, not just above the 50k. Okay. Uh, if you skip down the list, there's the Chevy Tahoe, which I know is an SUV. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the uh, Chevy Silverado, which is at uh, what what number five on the list. And if you go all the way down to number ten, there's the GMC Sierra. The rest of them, there's there's a uh, Suburban is on there as well. You know, that's an SUV. Right. Um, and there's a couple of uh, German vehicles, Mercedes, BMW. But um, interesting numbers, interesting that they're topping the list as they are now at, at that price. Yeah, and so what do you get for that price? That's the that's the million or 50k plus question <laughs> in this in this circumstance. Well, you get a lot of amenities that as we said would typically be associated with luxury brands like you'll have um the cab will be built more like a full-size SUV cab. There's a lot more legroom than there was because, you know, you and I come from the generation where the, an extended cab meant that there were two jump seats that might fold out in the back. Yeah, sideways so that yeah. you, uh, you're crammed in there, your shoulder, there's no room for shoulders. Right. If you have big shoulders and, and typically they're trying to carry, you know, a work crew. Right. Um, you could cram a kid back there, I guess, if you wanted to. You're a kid or two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a few in front because that was the day when you could, back in the day when you didn't necessarily have to have front, you know, seatbelts in the front uh-huh. as well. True. The, the, the rules were a little bit more lax, mm-hmm. uh, with that. But yeah, yeah, that's changed. And the, the whole seating thing has changed the pickups, uh, tremendously across right. the segment. Now you can, now it's not unusual at all to have a cab with enough room to comfortably seat five adults. Yeah. Which is when you get to that level, it's almost you know sedan seating. Well, see, here's the here's the thing about this, and we'll we'll talk about base prices versus loaded prices sure, later. Sure. Yeah. But you know, you start out with a pickup truck that's forty three thousand dollars to start. You know, base mm-hmm. price, which is already pretty expensive, really. But you're not going to get the crew cab for that price. And, and okay, I know yeah. this isn't every situation, but but just this is an example. You're not going to get the crew cab. You're not going to get the great big V8 or the mm-hmm. diesel V8 that you want. You might get a V6 option. Mm-hmm. You're going to get an automatic transmission. You might not want that automatic transmission. Or you might be the other way around. You might get a, uh, you know, a five-speed manual. You want the six-speed manual. Or you want mm-hmm. the, you, you would prefer the heavy-duty, 
um, automatic that they offer. You know, there's there's all different axle combinations and uh, four wheel drive options, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just there's there's so many things here. In fact, one of the biggest increasers here on the uh, increaser. I don't know if that's a word, but increaser is now an, <laughs> an increaser on these uh, on these base prices. Yeah, is uh, the the addition of either a big turbo diesel engine. Uh, which sometimes can add, you know, six, seven, eight, even ten thousand dollars to the price of a vehicle mm-hmm. just for that option, that upgrade. Or, um, as we said, you know, heavy duty transmissions like six speed transmissions from big name manufacturers like Eisen, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that, uh, are, are known for quality and durability. And, uh, oh, heavy duty axle options. Of course, if you're going to be towing, you're going to want, uh, you know, maybe even a, a dual rear, rear axle. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that you know has dual wheels. For sure. Um, lots of interior and exterior upgrades. There's mirror packages, you know, that go along with like the towing packages. There's camera options, like what Rudy was talking about with the backup systems. Which do I? I will uh, go to bat for those because they do come in handy given the size and the turning radius of these vehicles. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even in some of the the SUVs, you know, mm-hmm. not even a giant SUV, but a, like a midsize SUV. Sure. Some of those cameras are fantastic to have in a in a parking structure like ours here because it's, oh, it's yeah. so tight. So it'd be uh, really wise to get that upgrade to, uh, you know, the backup camera or mm-hmm. even the camera that's mounted higher for, um, you know, seeing traffic as it passes behind you. Um, th- there's so many. Um, I guess that's the same thing, I guess. I, I think <laughs> of the one that's mounted up above higher for, you know, watching the cargo behind you. The, yes. The, the, yeah, yeah. the load behind you. Um, so many different options for entertainment and navigation. And as you mm-hmm. said, interior packages, because. People are getting these now with like you know finely stitched leather seats, and uh, right. you know, it's not the vinyl seats of the past. It's or cloth, you know, in the uh, in the cheaper models. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, I guess our non-American listeners, uh, you guys might think of this as having the cake and eating it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I, I gotta say though, it's not always. And we we mentioned all these kind of add-ons and extras and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and it's not always a case of somebody having or lacking discipline. When no, they're, when no. they're filling out the order form for that vehicle, you know, and they go online and start clicking. Sure, it's fun to build, you know, the, the top end vehicle. Right. It's fun to, you know, that's dream window about shopping that. though. Well, of course. Yeah, you can do that. But if you're really going to build one, it's not always a lack of discipline that leads people to select the options that they do. So you can't fault somebody for having a, a pickup truck that's in the, you know, $65,000 range or, or more. Right. They might need that for, uh, again, hotshot towing or maybe they, they haul a horse trailer halfway across the country. On a regular basis. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm glad you said that because it's it's easy to fall into stereotypes, but quite a few of these are not going to be somebody with more money than sense. As a matter of fact, I would argue that the majority are people who are making an investment in something like a work truck, essentially. You know, so you need that durability and if you are going to be riding across the country like you pointed out scott on a regular basis comfort does matter uh to the point where i know some people may roll their eyes at this but it's important and it's true on a long drive comfort can matter to the point where it affects safe driving yeah so if that is the case then it is worth paying uh, more for this. All these things we're talking about, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, are are just little pieces of an interesting statistic we'd like to give you. The average price of a pickup truck in the U.S. has risen higher and faster than any other segment here over the last decade, and that's a 41% rise over 2004, 2014. That's from a Forbes article. Yeah, that's right. Forbes reported that, and they said that that is a bigger jump than luxury cars, which rose at a rate of 18.8%, and higher even than luxury SUVs, which I thought would have been, you know, comparable to the pickup trucks. But right. they, ro- they rose at a level about 16.4% over the same time period. So um, interesting that pickup trucks have taken off like this. I mean, that, that's a huge increase, a 41% jump um, just over 10 years, you know, 2004 to 2014. Yeah. I would I would guess that that number, if they updated it now, I would say that uh, that has remained steady. I don't think that that is, uh, is declining by any means. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's either that or even higher at this point because some of the examples that we've got, and I've got a, a couple of lists here we'll get to. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to tease you just a little bit here and say oh, that right. um, uh, Car and Driver uh, has found the most expensive pickup truck that you can order in the United States, you know, uh, with all the options, all the, bu- you know, yeah. bells and whistles. There's that phrase again. Sure. And buzzers uh, at that and, price. Well, 
<laughs> Maybe even buzzards. I don't know. But uh, but they've found the number one most expensive pickup truck for 2016 that you can order from a U.S. manufacturer. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll tell you what that is near the end of the podcast, along with a few others that are uh, eye opening in their, yeah, in their yeah. price we, range. But we have a Hall of Fame. Or a rogues gallery, depending on your opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, one yeah. more quick thing before we, uh, we dive into some other stuff here. I want to, I want to say this, and we, we've hinted at it a couple times. Mm. A lot of manufacturers that won't outright say that these are luxury vehicles, which I, which I find kind of strange. I am so glad you said that because clearly there are luxurious aspects to these vehicles. And I, I've got some ideas on this. This is just rampant speculation. Okay. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like, uh, it, it's like a marketing thing. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, no one wants to no one wants to buy something that that counteracts the image of themselves they have associated with the purchase they make. And that's not just for automotive industry related things. Right. Like uh, no one wants to uh, buy beef jerky that is, you know, called like soft tooth beef jerky. For people who can't handle beef jerky, mm-hmm. what you know what I mean? Well, I think you're you're saying that you don't want to cannibalize the sale of your other product, the rest of your product. Yeah, that's a really so, good point. So, uh, and, and another way you can look at this too is that okay, they call it platinum. You know, the Ford series right. calls it platinum. Right, that, right. that right away has a um, a connotation of something high end, of something that uh, you know it's above gold. Even, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so you call it the platinum series, and and then it's kind of an, an understood. Um, nod to the fact that this has got a lot of luxury features inside and or outside or, you know, whatever. It's their top end. And then, you know, there's the other way to look at this, too, is that, you know, you, you mentioned you don't want to compete with your own product. So for a long time, manufacturers have done this, too. Like uh, um, I'll use GM as an example. And I don't okay. know if this is still the case or not because of all the special editions and everything. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, uh, you were never going to buy a Camaro that was faster than the Corvette. Yeah. You know, the Corvette is the top dog in that uh, in that performance uh, 
arena there for General Motors, mm-hmm. and they would, you know, even even in the in the same vehicle, if they would they would um, not same vehicle, same engine, I guess, you know, if they would put the same engine in the Camaro, they would list it as having less horsepower, less torque, even though it was right. the exact same, and you know, the, everything everything should have lined up so that it was exactly the same transmission options, all that stuff. It should have been exactly the same, but they would they would make the numbers slightly lower for the Camaro and. I, it's, I know it's just a, it's a mind game. It's a, it totally it, is. It's, and it's marketing, it's sales, it's a little bit of internal politicking too. And I think, you know, of course anybody can say like, well, there's the, uh, you know, the Copo Camaro, which is going to be faster than the Corvette. You know, there's going to be special order options sure. that you can do. And, and of course there's ways around all that. But I mean, just strictly from what they, they convey to the public mm-hmm. is that, you know, the Camaro is in the pecking order is slightly below the Corvette. In some cases, a lot below the Corvette, but um, you know they're not going to let that happen in their their uh, the print materials that they send out to the public. Absolutely, because so, I see what you're saying. So the question is, uh, the the customer would would ask uh, Rudy. I hope you don't mind me taking you for an example. But if Rudy Smith is going to buy a luxury vehicle and there's a luxury pickup, then why would he bother buying? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're the the markets bleed over. Then well, well because here's and it's getting back to what we started this whole thing with is that you know they won't say luxury. They'll say things you know that hint at luxury. Platinum, they're going to say like high end. They're going to say a lot of words like quiet and comfort uh-huh. and uh, but but that goes along with what they can still offer with a pickup truck. So they're going to still say that it's it's rugged, it's durable, Smooth it's dependable as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, see that it's like the best of both worlds and they don't they don't outright say it's luxury because they don't want to cut into luxury right. car sales. So it's it's really it's an interesting uh mind game I guess that they're playing and I I don't have a better way to say that really, but it is. It's a, it's a, a little bit of fooling people with it, I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you get to articles like this one from Forbes, they outright do say, I mean, they say the best-selling luxury cars are now pickup trucks. So they're, they're calling it luxury vehicles all the way through this whole thing. So they're not yeah. afraid to do that. Um, it's one of the few places I did find that, that will call them luxury pickup trucks outside of blogs. Yeah, that's something that you and I both found in the course of our research. Uh, most official marketing stuff and even a lot of reviews of the specific trucks we're talking about shy away from saying this is a luxury thing they will extol the the uh advantages of various amenities or add-ons or packages but they you know they won't ever say like uh relax in the you know again heated leather seats yeah, the crew cab comfort of the, uh, the <laughs> right. ford platinum series yeah it's it's just like that i mean you're right that's that's all a lot of um a lot of marketing speak i guess in this mm-hmm. in this case and uh you know we, we talked about crew cabs of course they're really popular for um you know people that are hauling crews of workers you know workmen around in work mm-hmm. trucks or whatever but a lot of these are just hauling families so they can also play up that aspect that you know it's not yeah it's not the old pickup trucks that can only seat three maybe at most mm-hmm. or with the jump seats as you said yeah you know an extra two but they're going to be crammed in this one again you could pull up to uh you know the country club in this one with five full-grown adults and get out with your, you know, of course, plenty of room for the gl- the clubs in the back yeah. or whatever you're hauling, you know, tennis rackets or whatever. Sure, yeah. Um, and, and, and none of the, and I'm going to say stigma, but none of the stigma of pulling up to the country club in a pickup truck as there was in the past. Not that it was a bad thing. It's just, uh, you know, when you're accustomed to seeing the high-end sports cars and luxury vehicles, sure. this now is definitely on par with those vehicles, um, you know, in that luxury realm, I guess. It's it's true. And, you know, this is a bit of a side topic here, Scott, but I think it began with the widespread acceptance of high-end SUVs. Mm-hmm. I think this is an evolution of that acceptance. And it started, uh, you know, it started the way so many other things start with some form of celebrity endorsement, athletes, musicians, uh race car drivers showing up in these very high-end vehicles Mm -hmm. and now it's normal now it's not like going to some i was going to say tuxedo party but i I don't think people actually call them that but you know it's not like going to some red carpet event and and just your beat up jeans a black tie event yeah black tie event that's the word yeah tuxedo party is just something i made up (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you know whatever they're called uh now it's now it is more accepted. It's common, and it's seen as a bit more unique in comparison to 
the ubiquitous orthodox luxury cars. Well, you know, you know what, Ben? I'm glad you said the uh, the luxury vehicles because that, that sparks a memory here, and it comes from this Forbes article that I had written a note here somewhere in the side. Um, I'm going to try to find it as I was speaking, but um, luxury brands that have kind of uh, tried to enter into this market as well, you know, tried mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, well, the luxury SUVs, I should say. Oh, like um, the so, Lincoln Navigator? Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. The, uh, the, I guess they call, they call it the Blackwood, I think, right? The pickup truck version? Oh, yeah, Did yeah, it yeah, have yeah. Pinstripes yeah, yeah. on the side, and it was supposed to be like the dressed up version of the, uh, of the pickup truck, but that was really a failure. It didn't do too well. No. And then, um, I think Cadillac Escalade, uh, you know, the Escalade brand tried to have an Escalade based pickup truck for a while as well, and that didn't pan out all that great for them. I mean, they just didn't sell as many as you would expect. So uh, they kind of gave up on that thing, I think. Unless, if you're still building them, I see very few around. Usually you see the full mm-hmm. SUV instead of the pickup truck version. Well, the, I th- think the Lincoln Mark LT is still around. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So, but, the, but there's a thing here, Scott, and I, I don't want to roll over you here with this, but there's a thing that I've noticed that listeners, I believe you have probably noticed as well, and it's this. It is far easier for a for a brand or type not usually associated with luxury to put out an elevated version of itself, like a a, a pickup truck. It's always going to be a pickup truck, but it can also be a higher end pickup truck. It's much much more difficult for something that is considered a luxury brand to issue something that is seen as a step down in that hierarchy of what premium is. Oh, I see. So, like, if, uh, for instance... Well, like, the Escalade is a good, uh, is a yeah, good version Yeah, that's a of great that, right? one, yeah. Escalade was looked at as, or still is looked at as a, a premium SUV. Mm-hmm. Very expensive, very mm-hmm. very high-end with uh, interior options, uh, exterior options as well. Sure. But um, for them to offer a pickup truck version... Is, uh, is, and I, again, I hate the way that this sounds when I say stuff like this, but it's like, a, it's a step down from a lower level vehicle for them. That's um, how people seem to perceive it. Yeah, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Even though it's still a Cadillac Escalade, it's, it's just an Escalade that has a, uh, I don't know, like a four foot bed on the back or something. It was, it was a small bed, I remember. Um, but yeah, you're right. And, and, you know, there are others, other vehicles that, that do this too. It's not just the U.S. manufacturers, it's, uh, it's other manufacturers, I should say, that do this. Um, Oh, wait, sorry. One amendment here. Let me correct myself, guys. My spire sense went off and I just checked. The uh, Mark LT recently stopped. It was in 2014 in uh, in Mexico that they stopped. Oh, they ceased production. Uh Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. So, but so more recent than I thought it was. Well, it's it's strange the, how the luxury brands have tried to do this and and not done so well as we said, as you yeah, said. Yeah. Uh, but other brands, like there, there are other entries into this segment as well. So it's not mm-hmm. just U.S. manufacturers. You know, of course, Ford, Chevy, um, and uh, well, there's GMC and there's Ram and mm-hmm. um, but but there are also um, some of the Asian truck manufacturers that do this as well. They're not quite as expensive as the U.S. trucks, but Toyota, they, of course, have um, their top-of-the-line vehicle, which is the 1794 Crew Max 4x4, and that retails at $50,275, and that includes like a $2,000 or nearly, I'm sorry, a $1,200 delivery charge. And then, of course, you know what? All these are going to have a delivery charge that's like twelve or $1,500. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that later, too. Right. But, um, Nissan is another one. And they've got uh, the full-size Titan pickup trucks, and uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but I think I think um, they also have like Platinum Reserve Crew Cab models, so they have their own Platinum type of series as well, but it's different, and they're right around the you know fifty-two thousand dollar range, or even sixty-one thousand dollars in in some cases. So um, you know, for anything between uh, you know what what they call their diesel-powered you know XD SL Pro four by four model, or you know they've got um, you know, top end vehicles just like the U.S. manufacturers, and they see this uh, this segment in the United States as a, as a growing segment and something worthy of of you know putting new product out here on the showroom floors or on the uh, dealer yeah. lots for you or for yeah I guess U.S. buyers to look at and consider as alternatives to the U.S. manufacturers and and people are buying them. I mean, they're not making the top ten list you know yet, but. Uh, right. Maybe we'll see them replace some of those German sedans soon. Who knows? Speaking of top tens, 
I've got something for you okay. if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, just a quick laundry list of some of the most expensive pickup trucks. And uh, you might have some similar research, but our stuff may be a little different. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to run through this pretty quickly. Maybe we'll have some greatest hits that show up for you listeners out there. Heck, maybe you're riding in one now. Before I begin this, I must say, longtime listeners, the nicest way to say it is that I have been at times portrayed as a thrifty person. It is true. <laughs> I am so very, very cheap at times. But I will say, in defense of these vehicles, another thing that I think is very cool about them is, honestly, it is multifunctional. The old pickup trucks or the the, the original pickup truck style was more of a tool, you know, to get this job done, whether that's construction, whether it's landscaping, moving, what have you. Uh, So one of the big selling points of these is now... They they say to a family, now you don't have to buy two vehicles. Yeah, you it, your work truck and you have the thing you can take the kids out to the movies with. It's still very utilitarian. It's still yeah. a tool, but it's that plus so much more at this point. So with that being said, I'm on my best behavior here, Scott, as I, as I say the prices of these. <laughs> okay. All right, so the GMC Sierra 1500, four-wheel drive Denali. All right. It's, you know, it's like the, the tougher Silverado, right? The tougher Chevy Silverado. Sure. Uh, base price, $52,860 American. That's where we're starting this list? That's where we're starting we're this starting list. We're starting this list at $52,000 $52, for a pickup truck. Yes. All right. Well, still, uh, still shocking. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, that means that uh, if all 40-something of the people who worked at House of Works contributed, you know, (laughs) to the pot. Yeah. We contributed a grand to the pot. We'd still be 12 short. Oh, boy. Um, So that, you know, you get a 5.3 liter Ecotech V8 with that as the base, uh, 355 horsepower. Well, who wants that? 
I mean, that's that's trash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you probably won't even get where you're going in that vehicle. Come on. I mean, you're only spending $52,000 on it, mm-hmm. and uh, it has what? What would you say? Is it a V8 or V6? Uh, V8. Now it's a V8. Okay. 5.3. Well, that's but something, I guess. Yeah, but that's just the base. So how how far can we take this? If you add on all the, uh, again, the those bells and whistles that mm-hmm. I love to talk about in this episode, <laughs> $67,000 is what the price of that vehicle jumps up to. So you can add on $15,000 worth of options. You know, more than that, as a matter of fact. But, um, that's not all that uncommon as we go through this list. That's true. And so there, there are vehicles that jump up in price significantly, as we said. Uh, you know, some of these, these engine options will, will jump it up nearly $10,000 in, in some cases strictly for the engine and, and transmission combinations. So it's yeah. not that difficult to see where a few of these things that, you know, you, you kind of throw on here and there, a chrome package, a mirror mm-hmm. package, a mm-hmm. camera here and there, sure. and uh, suddenly, you know, you've added on $15,000 in options, but it may it may literally be something that you need in that type of vehicle if you're doing a very specialized type of work or hauling. Mm-hmm. It might be something that you actually really do need. For comparison, $15,000 would get you what? 12 Tata Nanos? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm kidding. A baker's dozen. Yeah, it's maybe not seven. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I, you, I bet you get a free one if you buy a bulk. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you probably do. I would guess in, in that case, throw one in. Uh, here's another one. Uh, the Ford F-250 4x4 Platinum. Uh, that's going to run you 53,652. So not that much of an increase, but you get a 6.2 liter V8 engine. Uh you have the option of the 6.7 liter power stroke diesel motor. Mm-hmm. So we see that, you know, we see those diesels popping up. At a premium, I'm going to guess that that jumps it up about 10 grand, but uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Yeah. I've got, I've got my own set of numbers over here with, uh, with other interesting. With some interesting jumps. Well, yeah, some significant interesting jumps, I should say. You know, one one quick thing. Yeah. Ben, yeah. We, we had uh, talked about this. We can get back to some prices in just a sure, moment, sure. but, um, just how important is the F-150 to the to, to Ford as a manufacturer? Oh. And we had talked about, you know, that, that surprise number. Uh, well, actually, it, you know, the luxury surprise, I guess, is, is, mm-hmm. as True Car calls it. And uh, the, the number one vehicle that we said was the uh, the Ford F-Series pickup truck. You know, of course, over $50,000. Not all of them are over 50000 but they had sold nearly, what was it, 190000 I think I said, at, at over 50000 But that number pales in comparison to the overall number of, F-150 pickups that uh, that Ford sells every year. And in 2015, the U.S. sales of, of just, again, just the F-150 pickup trucks, all combined, 780,354 units. And of those, about 50, uh, 50% of those are said to be of their more expensive line of vehicles, which are the Lariat, the King Ranch Edition, which we haven't really talked about, mm-hmm. and the Platinum Trim Levels, which we have talked about. But, um, again, those are the three... Uh, I guess levels that are the most expensive of the F-150, and not all of them top the fifty thousand range as we see. And that's really only about, um, well, Jesus, it's close to about a qu- almost a quarter yeah. of them are above fifty thousand. It's still a significant number, but they sell so many pickup trucks every single year, and it's been that way for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of give you a little bit of perspective on on you know the, the number of units sold versus some of the other, um, I, guess, I guess we'll call them high end crossover vehicles and just other. Uh, you know, like the German sedans that we're talking mm-hmm. about, I suppose, um, or even SUVs, small SUVs. Um, in the United States, this is, you know, numbers here in the United States alone, but the Lexus RX crossover vehicles, they sold 100,610 units all of last year, and the BMW 3 Series sold 94,527 units. Um, and the Ford pickup trucks surpassed the entire full line of sales uh, Ford luxury brands like Cadillac, which only sold 175,267, and Infinity, which sold 113,498. So, the F series is is vitally important to Ford, but man, they're they're really cleaning up on this on this luxury segment. You know, with those oh, three, yeah. you know, the, uh, the the Lariat, the King Ranch, and the Platinum trim levels for sure. Huge. So, you want to hit us with a few more prices yeah, before yeah, we lead up few. to the number one most yeah. expensive. Let's just skip around. Uh, so. We'll start, of course, the Chevy Silverado 2500 High Country is on there. Uh, it's, if you want enough work to turn it into a family hauler, see the, the entry, this is the entry level for the heavy duty, yeah. right? Yeah. So the 2500 HD is a little less than 33 grand, but 
if you want the four-wheel drive high country, that jumps to 56875 entry price. Ah, and you know what fully loaded is? Because I have that number in front yeah, of me. Yeah, what is it? Seventy-one thousand dollars. So it jumps up to seventy-one grand for this. So we're we're now into the seventy thousands, and there's there's many of them here on my list yeah. that, that top that. Uh, not even close to the number one yet. I'll not even the number close. one is. But, oh, actually, uh, let's see. Uh, you know what? Let's just go straight to the number one that I have. Yeah. Uh, I, fair enough. Because actually, it, honestly, I've got I've got twenty examples of pickup trucks that if you, if you want to. Just grasp this. Sure, try, sure. Try to understand this, uh, like without being able to see it in front of you. I've got I've got 19 trucks that start at fifty thousand dollars minimum. So the, the the lowest one on my list begins at, um, I think it starts at uh, fifty thousand seven hundred thirty five dollars, and that's what, for that fifteen hundred high uh, country Silverado that you mentioned before. Uh-huh, yeah, that's the base price. The Lowest loaded price on this list would be the 2016 Nissan Titan XD SL, which uh, that's $56,000. So if you get it fully loaded, it's $56,000. Mm-hmm. And I've got 19 examples like that. They go all the way <laughs> to the number one. So uh, they climb pretty quickly from the you know the low 50s all the way up through the 60s and into the 70s. And uh, then I've got a uh, the, the number one that I want to spring on you at the end here. But uh, what, what's your number one vehicle, Ben? So, uh, according to CheatSheet.com, as of January 2016, the most expensive pickup truck in the U.S. that you could buy was the Ford F450 Platinum. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, it starts at $64,967. Okay. Uh, and it's described as the range topper in terms of trim and model options in the Super Duty lineup. So you can get all of the extras found in the F-250 and F-350 Platinum packages, but incredible towing capacity, uh, way wider bed, and uh, a 6.7-liter Power Stroke V8 uh, is what, you know, what comes off the factory floor. Mm-hmm. Is that what you got? You nope. got a different one? Nope, I've got a different one. Now that was a, that was a loaded price you gave me, right? Uh, that is the starting price. Well, the starting price. Okay. Okay. What did you get? Okay. Well, here's uh, <laughs> according to Car and Driver. Uh, of course, you know this is the funny thing. Like between different sources, I think that they all just go to one of those, you know, um, <sighs> like a calculating site. Yeah, you know, like the site where you can build and and, yeah. and buy your own and. And uh, they start adding on things, but they don't realize. I think like this is this is the discrepancy here. I think that when you add on certain things from one package, it excludes you from adding on other stuff that's more expensive. So if you were to contact the dealer and say, "What's the most expensive vehicle I can build here?" You know, with every option, they would give you something different than what you're able to build online because I think it uh, the packages don't allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I mean, maybe I that, maybe that's the way it is, but or or you know, it's removing things from previous selections that you don't realize are happening. So. Prices going up and down. I, uh, that that's to me is is what's yeah. probably causing the discrepancy here. But according to Car and Driver, for 2016, the most expensive pickup truck that you can buy in America right now is the 2016 Ram 2500 3500 Limited Edition, and the base price, which will surprise you, in a good way, I guess. Okay, if, if, you know, based on the way this discussion has gone, <laughs> is only. $56,695, but that's the base price. Yeah. Now, you start adding on a bunch of stuff, and what's good about this here is that it's got specifics. So, All right, let me brace myself. Okay. okay. If you get this vehicle, the, the again, the Ram 2500-3500 Limited, um, fully loaded, mm-hmm. $80,240. $80,000 for a pickup what? truck. Now, that's the most expensive one that they found, and I never saw one higher than that as well. Rudy had mentioned wow. this $96,000 version but i'm not sure exactly what's happening there i think it's because you know what it was also i was going off base price oh yeah that's right yeah so if so if so these numbers are maybe not as uh in conflict as they might appear because if we're talking a base price for the ford um and what was the base price again for this one for this one the base price is only fifty six thousand six hundred ninety five (laughs) dollars act now yeah that's the msrp (laughs) but um you can you can up that to $80,240 $80,240 loaded. And I'll tell you where that comes from. Um, mostly this comes from uh, the first three or four things I'm going to mention here. Mm-hmm. Four-wheel drive is expensive. Right. Of course, you're going to get the mega cab, which is uh, bigger than just the crew cab, I guess. Right, yeah. Um, what, do you want to look like a peasant? Plus, <laughs> just kidding. 
$11,590, which comes from, you know, in extras, which mm-hmm. comes just from the Cummins 6.7 liter diesel engine and an Eisen six-speed automatic transmission. So just for those two things is $11,590. You want to add on again for, you know, for towing probably for a, a dual rear axle, $1,200. Um $250 for, you know, chrome bumper package. Sunroof is mm-hmm. another almost $1,000 for a sunroof. $325 for a bed view camera. That's the one I was talking about before, the bed view camera, the higher up angle for the, for the cargo. Uh-huh. Um, $500 for a tonneau cover. $90 for something they call the cold weather group. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Probably heater uh, options or something. Mm-hmm. Um, $50 for what they call the protection package. Now, I don't know, again, what that is. It's probably, uh, they probably spray something in the wheel wells or something, you know. I think it's, uh, I think it's the money you have to pay to the mafioso. <laughs> Maybe the pr- <laughs> protection package. And then, if you want a rear window defroster in that vehicle, it's almost $200. Um, it's just, it's crazy, but that's the most expensive pickup truck that you can buy in America right now is about $80,240 fully loaded against that Dodge uh, Dodge Ram 2500, 3500 Limited. And the question here, Ben, and this kind of is what we're, we're getting to in this whole podcast, finally, yeah, right? right? Is what? The question is, is a $100,000 pickup that far off? Like, how long before do you th- before you think that we will see a manufacturer that lists a vehicle that you can, you know, upgrade an option up to sure. $100,000 or even more than that? And not like a one-off, not like a special edition, no, something you could buy at any time in that model year. It, it, the way it's climbing, the, the numbers that we said, you know, with the increase yeah. of 41% over those, those 10 years yeah. and, you know, the the, uh, the steady rate of, of, of ascent of this uh, these prices, this yeah. MSRP, um, I don't think it'll be that long at all. I'm going to guess three or four years. I was going to go five. And I'm being conservative. Yeah, I think you're, you're probably right. Three, four, five years, somewhere in there, you're going to see manufacturers that will offer $100,000 pickup trucks. And now the follow-up question, would you buy one? <laughs> would I buy one? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't I really, not, I don't uh, really see it in one. Uh, you know, you know, it's a tricky question. We've, we've talked about the, uh, the used vehicle thing, you know, like where the sweet spot is about two years, right? Two years old mm-hmm. you know, for, for depreciation and you know, all that, you know, someone just wanting to get out low miles and all that. Um, but even so, what does an eighty thousand dollar pickup truck depreciate to after two years? I mean, it can't be. It's still got to be expensive. It's probably more than uh, um, some of the the new entry sedans that yeah. I would be looking at. And I don't need a pickup truck for you know ranch work or anything. I'm not. Sure. I'm not a farmer. I'm not hauling anything other than just you know the occasional trip to Home Depot on the weekends. Right. Uh, you know, picking up some lumber or whatever. But you can do that in not in my my car right now, but I can do that sort of. In my mm-hmm. wife's Jeep, there are other there are workarounds on the in for that sure. Case. Uh, you can borrow a neighbor's pickup truck, maybe. Um, yeah. That's a lot more affordable than buying a, a used forty five thousand dollar pickup truck or fifty thousand dollar pickup truck used. Um, I don't know. Would you would you ever consider buying something like that? I mean, a, 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 a utility vehicle that is so much money. It seems like you would have to have a a, a special intent for that vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I would. I wouldn't be sold just on the social cachet or the look good factor. However, if I'm in a situation where I'm working outdoors a lot, especially if I'm not around a city, then I would definitely, I mean, you got to have four wheel drive if you're, if you're going off the road. And then also I will admit pretty cool to get, uh, like, Get some kind of modified liner top or camper top on that, and then just live in a truck. You always want to live in your vehicles. That's true, man. You, you mention this all the time, That's... like in a van or an RV <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever. You sure. always the livability thing is is big with you, isn't it? It's huge. Yeah. I spend a lot of time. <laughs> you know, I spend a lot of time driving. The only time I really am, you know, in an airplane or something, is for work. And I thought. A little bit behind the curtain for everybody here. I thought we moved to our new office and I lived walking distance from our new office. I, I thought, well, I'm going to save so much money on gas or, you know, I'm not going to use my car as much just because I'll be a pedestrian for at least during the daytime, five days a week. However, what I found is that when I'm not uh, at work, when I'm not walking to work with that specific intent, 
on the weekends, I just hop in my car and drive around. So you're driving more for pleasure now than you were before because the commute is now shorter. Yeah, absolutely. So you still need the seat time is what you're saying. (laughs) I think I do. I think that might be something. I I didn't see it coming, but it's it's absolutely true. It's funny. You've been consistent on that message throughout this whole podcast from uh, from the very beginning back in, what, the late 2010s. Yeah. You've always said that you want to either buy an RV or you want to live in a bus or you want to uh, um, convert your Monte Carlo backseat into a a sleeping area of some sort and and live in that if you could. Yeah, no, Um, no. I I will say in defense of the Monte Carlo, those backseats do fold down. Yeah. (laughs) So you can make kind of a a bootleg bunk bed or bootleg sleeping area. Yeah. But also I understand that the RV lifestyle listeners – we have received the the message. The RV lifestyle is not what I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, take the loss on that one, but still a custom van or maybe one of these trucks for city driving. However, I don't see a need for me to have one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would make things difficult. That's for sure. It's yeah. T- it's tough to navigate one of those vehicles in the city. It is uh, with a lot of traffic around. They're they're big. They're uh, they're definitely. Um, I, I guess that's a downside of of having one of these. If you're in the city, or you have to be in the city, if you have to, you know, pull into tight parking areas, sure. if you have to navigate through try uh, to parallel well, park, even cramped yeah. gas stations. Because mm-hmm. in the city, they're they're a little bit tighter than they are even out in the suburbs. Yeah, where there's a lot roads more are tighter even. Yeah, but, yeah. But one one other thing that um, that we should mention. Which might be boring for some people, but several of you out there, you guys are going to know what I'm talking about. If you buy these things for your business, then you know you save a little money when it's uh, when Uncle Sam comes calling. Yeah, the tax when tax time rolls around. Right, uh, right. It's not, not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. So I, I can't say that right now this would be the best choice for me. Actually, this would be one of if if I were to get one of these, this would be one of those things where my friends would ask me, you know, like, what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> it's a life changing moment for you. It it's would a, be. It's life changing. You know, for moment. me, I think if I were to get a, a pickup truck right now, I, I don't think I'd go for one of these luxury pickup trucks. I mean, they're they're beautiful. They look really cool. They look nice. Um, but I don't think that I would get. You know this level of of vehicle. I would I wouldn't go for the fifty thousand dollar vehicle if that was in my mm-hmm. price range right mm-hmm. now. Um, I would you know just get a simple pickup truck and yeah. not necessarily new. I like the old pickup trucks. I like the uh, the very utilitarian, old simple, yeah. simple but strong. Um, that I I don't have to worry about you know knocking a piece of wood into the fender or um, right. You know something, something can take a hit, scratching the bed or you know if the. <laughs> I mean, hopefully this wouldn't happen, but if the back window gets knocked out by a piece of metal or whatever it is, no big deal. You get a new one put in, but it's not like, um, you know, one that has a, a power sliding window with a, with an electronic defroster. That costs uh, $200. You know, yeah, the defroster that's 200 bucks, and the, the power window would be another, you know, $500 option or whatever it would be. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Something that's real simple. I, I, I would say in, as far as pickup trucks go, I'm, I would like to keep it simple for myself. I understand why a lot of people would want this it's uh, it's it's great for hauling around you know the the toys to the lake you know yeah, if you got a boat making, you got a jet yeah. ski whatever you got i i mean and i have no doubt that they're super smooth drives because i i know some people who own maybe not as extreme as a fully loaded version mm-hmm. but but who own very nice trucks and i was so surprised a few years back when i hopped in one for the first time and i had lost the race to call shotgun i'm just gonna admit i wasn't on the ball and uh so i was stuck in the back and i was fully expecting you know really cramped seat or something but it was it was pretty comfortable and this uh lots of room lots of room man and i i think these trends will continue obviously this is something that the market wants right and this is something that a lot of people are finding uses for. I mean, it's serious business. If you drive for a living and if you drive in a group for a living, whether that's across a state or whether most of your week will just be, you know, maybe 30 to two hour, 30 minute to two hour drives to a work site with a group of people, you, you need to have something that's both reliable and ideally comfortable. And we do know that a lot of pickup trucks have 
uh, pickup trucks have a, a reputation for consistency, for reliability. Mm-hmm. Now that you mention, um, now now that you mention the idea of having a, a vehicle that can take take a licking, pretty much. I'm going even further away from a high-end pickup truck because, I, man, can you imagine me with, like, a nice car? I would be the worst. <laughs> well, you'd be nervous. I would be so nervous. Yeah. It would automatically turn into, like, a garage baby. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably feel the same because, uh, you know, again, it's, it's a serious investment. Oh, no I mean, kidding. If you get to the $80,000 range, that's, a, that's, a, that's a real investment. Yeah. Um, I don't even even at the fifty thousand dollar range. I mean, that's you're, you're bordering on what the average luxury car costs. I think the average luxury car cost is like uh, uh, 50, fifty five fifty five thousand. Yeah, that's Kelly Blue Book. Yes, average sedan price is like you know thirty two thousand. That's brand new. Mm-hmm. But these luxury pickup trucks are, are verging on you know topping a hundred thousand dollars now. Yeah, you know we're getting close. Um, I don't know. I just I, I can't see myself. Again, you know, picking up one of these, even used a couple years old, yeah, uh, depreciation just won't bring it down even into my price range, really. Yeah, fifty is too rich for my blood, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But but also, you know, there's that other argument that is, you're not just buying one car; you're buying a multifunctional thing that is essentially two vehicles. Exactly. You may you may have a need for that, and that's where we started out this podcast, just saying that you know, there's there's always going to be somebody who needs. Everything that this vehicle has, you know, yeah. for for work purposes or comfort purposes, you know, whatever the case may be, um, it, it, it's going to make sense to somebody to buy that eighty thousand dollar pickup truck. But not everybody, and not everybody's going to see the same, you know, the same way uh, on a fifty thousand dollar pickup truck or a forty thousand dollar pickup truck. They may say pickup truck should be twenty thousand dollars brand new, you know, at the most, and that's even you know now in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're not going to really find that anywhere. It's, it's, that's a, that's no. a tough find. Not not here. Not a full-size pickup. Not and, in the United States. Not, and uh, not legally. Uh, yeah. There's, you might get a hot one. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Maybe. But uh, but it's an interesting thought, isn't it? Though? Yeah. I mean, these, these high-end or luxury pickups. So I'm, I'm glad Rudy brought this to our attention. Yeah, and, thanks, man. And for the record, uh, Scott, if I could speak for both of us for a second, neither of us are saying we would say no to a free one. Of course not. <laughs> Never say no to free. Right, right. However, uh, I think I think we've got a pretty good prediction here, and you know, you and I are both fairly cautious and conservative with predictions. But within five years, that 100k truck is coming. Yeah, it's going to be here. I think. I, yeah. I, I just wonder who's going to do it. Is it going to be Ford, or is it going to be Chevy? Is it going to be GMC? Yeah. Is it going to be you know Ram? Right. It, or is it going to be one of the Asian market trucks that, uh, that like a that, Titan or something that comes out with some crazy luxury features or something? You know that yeah. uh, that brings it up to 100k. I or is mean, it going to be a Tesla? Well, <laughs> Tesla truck. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? That might be it. <laughs> that may be the one. And if they if they develop a pickup truck, why not? I mean, their sedans are a hundred thousand. So yeah, but there are there is still some. Oh man, this is almost like we discovered a new episode at the end of this one because there are some questions, right, about it's how would it have the hauling power? Oh sure, you know that a, an IC would have. But this is a solid prediction, and you know when when that comes out, I also wonder what features or options will be the things that you know the the proverbial hair on the camel's back, right, or feather on the camel's back, because. One thing that we need to just at least mention is that as these become multifunctional vehicles, you know, family sedans that can also be work trucks, uh, what another thing we saw were the addition of many safety features. Yeah, inflation alone isn't enough to push this over 100 no, in no. five years. No, no, there'll have to be extra stuff. There's going to be an advancement or something mm-hmm. that is going to dramatically increase the price of those options on the vehicle that is sure. going to push it over the 100k now I, again we can't predict what that would be right now if we could that would be our million dollar billion dollar idea but um <laughs> yeah inflation alone won't do it so so there's got to be something else what what are they going to add on it's like it's almost like you know the the ultra luxury sedans like what you know what are they offering that mm-hmm. makes them worth five hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars what, what are they offering but are mm-hmm. you going to throw some of those features towards a, a luxury pickup truck or a high-end pickup truck Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have guessed some of the stuff that's in a pickup truck right now would be in there 20 years ago. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, it's just it just wasn't the place for it. I mean, I know we keep mentioning it, but I'm still just baffled. These heated seats in a pickup truck. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But 
turns out it makes sense. I mean, you're out in the cold, you know, at a, at a job site or whatever. You yeah, get back it in, does. It it's does. Pretty, it's pretty nice to have a heated seat. It does. I'm just surprised. Or a cooled seat. Yeah. And we have, uh, we have more surprises in this market coming very soon, relatively speaking. And in the meantime, we want to hear from you. What do you think will be the future of these high-end, we won't say luxury, uh, of these high-end uh, platinum, whatever you want to call them, trucks. Do you see a 100K truck coming up in five years or less? And if less, when? And wait, is it now? And what's going to push it over that 100K? Yeah, mark? specifically. Uh, you can let us know on Facebook and Twitter where we are, Car Stuff HSW. You can check out uh, some of our earlier podcasts that occurred to the, uh, you know what occurs to me, Scott? What's that? Our very, one of our very first podcasts, if not our first. Uh, what will a luxury car be in the future? Oh, that's right. And we've done other pickup truck topics as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the uh, the history of pickup trucks, which... Oh, yeah, that, well, was, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a fun one to do. Fun one to uh, research. Mm-hmm. So let us know what you think. And if you have an idea for a topic we should cover in the future, some feedback maybe on a high-end truck that you own, whether good or bad, if it's a war story or a glory day, we oh, still want to hear about it. I would love to hear those. And, yeah. and also, I know that some people are going to write in with uh, some reminiscing about their old pickup trucks, you know, the, uh, oh, yeah. the utilitarian ones that I was talking about before. So uh, send those as, as well. We, we like to read all that stuff. Yeah, and you can email those stories to us directly. We are carstuff at howstuff for more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at Viking.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 